Hi everyone and welcome to Backstage with Blur the Border. I am Sirpi Shukla. Today we have with us Divyak D'Souza whose breadth of work includes costume styling, fashion direction at Harper's Bazaar, celebrity styling and being a TV presenter on Say Yes to the Dress India. Divyak has been behind the looks of Tabu, Farhan Akhtar, Kareena Kapoor amongst many others. I could go on. For now I'd like to welcome Divyak to the podcast. Divyak, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Divyak, hmm. in your previous interviews, you've mentioned how growing up you were not somebody that was interested in fashion. Can you tell me a little bit about your early years and how you fell into this profession? You know, you're right. I never really grew up. Uh, you know, you read all of these stories about. Oh, I was the little boy who read Vogue under the sheets, and <laughs> I don't think ever consciously I was ever into you know clothing and you know beauty and fashion. Uh, as a child yeah. but of course you know i would like wear my sister's dresses and prance around and i love to like play around on my mother's like vanity mirror and you know use her creams and her perfumes <laughs> so i always had that there were always signs that you know going into uh, the beauty or the fashion industry might come quite naturally to me but i remember when i was like a young tween and i had expressed this to my father who was like a proper strict mangalorean you know engineer believed in academics and studying and i told him i want to be a fashion designer and one of the first things he said his reaction was but that's not something boys do he said it's not a job for boys mm-hmm. and i think that kind of early on then kind of quashed that hope in my mind you know i need to now think of an academic job and i i did all of the you know i did science in my 12th grade i sat for medical entrance exams i was all set to get into mbbs you were going to be a doctor can you imagine of course i i had told myself <laughs> i'll be a plastic surgeon so even then there was vanity attached to the medical ambitions <laughs> uh, but yeah you know i was like you know this is the right thing to do for like good middle class uh, family children you study you know you do a professional course and you get into a job that gives you security financially and you know that many happy accidents happened after i gave my medical entrance exams you know i called up my friends to hang out in the, in that summer break and they were all studying arts and they were all preparing for at the time bmm there was this hot new course in bombay university and i think for anybody who wanted to do media jobs yeah. it was the course to do and my friends were like you know can you come and help us the entrance exam has a little bit of like arithmetic and a little basic science and you have such a background in it so come help us uh, study for the exam and you know when i saw those tests i was very amused because the questions in those tests were like a slam book you know there were questions like <laughs> can you give us 10 creative uses for a year bud and i was like one second like this will decide your entrance into a course this is too fun you know so i just for a lark went and sat for the st xavier's uh, bmm entrance exam with my buddies so i sat for it and it was very like serendipity because you know i remember the same day my ct score came out for medical entrance exam whatever test and then the xavier's bmm results also came out and i was top of the list in xavier's highest score so i had to take this decision and i was like you know what i don't think i'm cut out for this hostel life in a rural dental college it didn't feel natural so i think even when i decided you know i i spoke to my mother after at like 17 and i was like you know mom i feel like i want to go in for bmm you know clearly the test result also is a sign that maybe this kid is more creatively inclined so i was like you know maybe i should lean into that like why am i scared and yeah i just you know i started studying the media course and in my final year of college i was applying to internships um 
to uh, fashion magazines had just launched in India. You know, Vogue had just launched and GQ India had just launched. So I applied to all of them and only GQ called me back that summer and they were like, we have an internship in the production department of the magazine. So you will be helping with our photo shoot production and seeing what the producer needs. I was 19 at the time. I had no life plans. I didn't even know what happens in magazines, what styling was, none of that. So I just signed up for that three-month summer internship. And uh, that's when I think my life kind of changed. Um, I did production for the magazine for a bit. And Arjun Bhaseen, who is a amazing costume designer, and he's doing some fantastic work even today, more in Hollywood than here. Um, and Bhaseen was the fashion director at the time. And I don't know, I think he just spotted me one day on set and I was taking everybody's coffee orders. And, you know, he's he's called me and he's like, uh, who are you? What are you doing here? And I was like, I'm the production intern and, you know. Why do you want to do all this? I feel like you're capable of more. I don't know what he saw in me. You know, I used to wear like clothes from Hill Road at the time, which I thought were very cool. And I used to try and be all inventive and trendy. Um, now when I look at those pictures, though, I'm like, how could Arjun have offered that a job? You know what I mean? But clearly... Um, a flair to you. I don't know. I don't know. He was very... I think it was also his kindness and luck. Yeah, You know, so much of what happens in our lives is luck. You know, who spots you when and who sees potential in you at what time. So I was very lucky that somebody as talented and gracious as Arjun spotted me, you know. Yeah. And he said, you know, why don't you start assisting me in the fashion department? And if I like you and you like me, we'll make this permanent and you can work as a junior stylist. And that's precisely what happened. And yeah, that was how I ended up entering fashion. There was no plan. There was no like long term goal or vision. It was all like just happy accidents that, you know, led me to where I am today. And what was the first definitive project for you that defined you or validated you as a stylist in your mind? Wow. Um, so it's tough to sort of think of that one defining moment. But what kind of as a generalization I've noticed is for me, when I travel through work, mm -hmm. something about the concept of traveling and seeing new places and new cultures yeah. and learning new things as a bahana for, you know, doing a job. Yeah. Um, somehow those jobs always stick, you know, and I end up finding a lot of inspiration even in the work just by learning new things, meeting new people. I remember with uh, Bazaar as fashion director, we went to Israel to shoot a cover with oh, Sonam Kapoor. And incidentally, I also happen to be a non-practicing Catholic. But, you know, I have a family that's very religious. So just somehow going to Israel and like looking at all of that religion and then, you know, you're doing a fashion shoot against all of it. It sort of made me think about, OK, the storytelling yeah. aspect of what yeah. we do yeah. and how important it is. It's not just about putting a cute look together like for me I was like we're storytellers you know in a way our job is to observe culture and then to present it through visuals now those visuals could be a fashion film it could be a feature film it could be an editorial spread in a magazine however you choose to express it uh, but it's kind of capturing culture through visuals yeah. I feel like that's what our jobs are so when I get to travel for me that's the perfect experience to be able to do that you know yeah. so you've obviously worked as an editorial stylist and you've worked as a celebrity stylist mm -hmm. as well. And you've also hosted a TV show. <laughs> Can you tell me what's the most enjoyable part of all three that has like stuck with you and you want to do more of? Wow. Um, you know, actually, the three things you've named are pretty much 
the three most stimulating jobs like mm-hmm. kinds of jobs that i've yeah. done actually because what a lot of people don't realize is that for most stylists advertising work is yeah. where you make your biggest paycheck you yeah. know it's um kind of it's steady work you know brands are going to shoot new ads every season or have yeah. new products they want to push out and they're going to need somebody to dress the actors in their tv films or their mm-hmm. you know print ads so advertising becomes the mainstay and it's the paycheck but very often most advertising work is quite cut and dry you know there is a ad agency on board that has done millions of dollars of market research to arrive at what color works for their consumer what look works for their consumer yeah. how to sell the product so in that context our job becomes more execution you're sort of taking a mood board that someone has prepared and you're helping them execute it which is not always the most creatively stimulating it becomes yeah. more about admin and eventually that you know you start getting jaded if you're not doing things that stimulate you and if you're a creator at heart you know you need to do something and apply your creative Uh, juices somewhere um so for me editorial used to be that outlet mm-hmm. you know I, every time like even as a freelancer whenever i would take on an editorial job let's be honest it barely covers my overheads when i'm styling you know the editorial salary will maybe pay for my assistant fee it will pay for the courier bills to call for clothes it will pay for the conveyance to take taxis for sourcing and the tailor i'll call for fittings to do alteration it will cover all of that yeah. but i'm not making much of a profit but i get to travel i get to tell a story through clothes i get a lot more independence with you know selecting what i'd like to create these visuals yeah. so that's been the fun part about editorial and i've been lucky to work with some really cool editors you know even in the current scenario with magazines kind of evolving so you know differently mm-hmm. um you know whether it is a nandini from bazaar whether it is a tanya um Chaitanya used to work with for Femina. These have all been very supportive editors. Right now, there's Ambika at Femina who also I've contributed with a lot. So I feel like you find the right people, and you know they have similar aesthetic. They kind of agree with your point of view on a lot of things, and then you tell these stories together. So editorial is fun in that context. Celebrity work. I'll be honest. I you know I I take on limited celebrity work, yeah. but uh, a lot of celebrity styling work is actually more wardrobe management. Yeah. You know because if you're working with a busy actor or a busy celebrity who has a bunch of commitments in their calendar mm-hmm. whether it is a you know i don't know like a airport look se lekar red carpet tak you know they need wardrobe solutions for all of these different events in their yeah. life and then your job becomes more about just delivering that and putting a system into place for them to you know shop for certain brands or put together looks and keep them ready very often giving them what they like and what reflects their natural mm-hmm. you know selves so i've kind of now over the years found actors who you know ai respect their aesthetic i yeah. sort of you know resonate with their sense of style so then the process becomes much more organic you know whether it is a tabu whether it is a farhan they have a definitive sense of style they know how they want to be seen and how they want to dress so then it becomes kind of easy personality you know? first as well absolutely and yeah. for me now that is the kind of client i always veer towards mm-hmm. i'm like if you have a personality and you have a point of view i can help articulate that with the clothes you wear but don't expect me to create a personality for you with clothes there might be people who follow that route and you know who depend on a stylist and a hair and makeup artist to give them a vibe mm-hmm. uh, but i'm like no you come to me with a vibe you know then yeah. then we can jam on something like this khali canvas ka wala scene like no i need some personality to be able to work with yeah. you know yeah i'd rather work with an artist who has a point of view and you know who i can contribute and add value to their work yeah. you know how do you go about finding this clientele base it's so funny 
but i recently worked with karina kapoor khan for the first time on mm-hmm. a personal styling event previously i've only styled her for magazine covers um and i think she learned or like probably remembered who i was because she was looking at one of my comedic reels on instagram someone forwarded her one of the memes i'd made about like stylist problems <laughs> and i think she and it was it featured her but she has clearly has a fantastic sense of humor she found it really funny and she's like dm'd me and left a sweet comment about oh i'm obsessed with your reels and i think that's when she remembered who i was and she called me to dress her so it was so weird yeah. that you know that's kind of what led to me meeting bebo and working with her and having such a great work relationship mm. now with her yeah so you you know by default because of how many celebrities you work with have had to on multiple occasions style them for one particular event hmm. now how do you handle this Oh god yeah like very recent example actually is the NMACC launch event that happened in Bombay and i think after a very long time there was a red carpet event of that scale that was happening mm-hmm. in india yeah. um and it's fashion focused you know it's not some random style awards by a gutka brand this is like a proper <laughs> you know fashion exhibition that's been curated at a certain scale yeah. and there's some great names attached to it yeah. right yeah but for this particular event i somehow landed up styling four celebrities you know mm-hmm. and they were four very cool very distinctive very individual people you know with their own sense of style and their own sort of point of view um and it was a frantic month i'm not going to lie march was ridiculously hectic because i could not you know take my eye off the ball for any one of those clients yeah. like i needed to make sure that we are giving them something that's special something that suits the occasion as well as speaks to their style yeah. and i'm very nerdy when i work you know i'm a full mood boarder i have everything in ready in my head from the playlist to All the editorial stylists are like i this. think so right yeah, like yeah. we're very scrappy like that and you know the music matters and the film reference matters and all of that you know yeah. so i'm just consumed when i'm doing this kind of a job you know yeah. i literally would wake up with like a music video in my head being like oh my god that i'll makeup would look so great on bebo let me quickly reference and put it down somewhere you know yeah. um so it was that kind of a month and it was hectic my personal life went for a complete toss i didn't yeah, yeah i was like this is one month yeah. you know where you're getting a chance to do something exciting yeah. so don't bitch and moan about it like yeah. give it your all and do your best and then april mein tum thoda saans le sakte ho take off say no to projects go travel you know yeah. so that balance is what now i strive to find you know yeah. but yeah when it's when it's busy it's busy yeah. what do you want to do you know yeah. all right so from here we move into the second segment okay. which is a little bit of an industry deep dive Hmm. You said earlier on uh, that you styled four people. You talked a little bit about your process hmm. and how you couldn't take your eye off the ball, right? Now, no matter how hard we work, sometimes you know, um, because of how many options we have to take to everybody every day, some options end up end up being rack fillers, and sometimes the rack fillers end up on the person that you're styling. Hmm. you know because sometimes that's just that just happens and then you get criticized for it hmm. how do you deal with something like that that definitely must happen for i think busier <clears throat> celebrity stylists who work with say five or six clients at a time mm-hmm. um and you know it does it becomes kind of sad because i've seen people like without naming names i've seen how they operate and it's literally like 
तुम दस गाउन मंगाओ और फिर फ्रिजबी की तरह अच्छा ये फिट नहीं हुआ तो स्वाप कर दो यू नो लाइक दे ऑपरेट लाइक दैट एंड आई आई का मी आई जस्ट फाइंड दैट सो रॉन्ग एंड आई जस्ट फाइंड इट डिफीट द पर्पज ऑफ वॉट वी डू यू नो आई आई एम लाइक इफ आई एम वर्किंग विद ए इंडिविजुअल पर्सनैलिटी एवरीथिंग हैज टू बी प्लान फॉर दैट पर्सन राइट फ्रॉम लाइक आई हैव नाउ रीच दैट पॉइंट वेट आई इवन मेक श्योर दैट द ऑप्शन आई एम टेकिंग टू फिटिंग्स हैव बिन tailored to their body measurements before they even see the garment you know mm. what i mean um so that is the level of prep i now put into it because mm. i'm like i don't want to flood you with 50 options of random samples that i've just picked up and called in for correct i'd rather take 10 strong options that i've fitted to your body type that i know work for your style and i think now that confidence has also come in where i know that look if i take you only five options they're going to be strong options and i know that at least one will land you know um bachpan mein there was that little bit of you know ki oh i don't know what she like and but this is what i like versus her style so that trepidation was there in the early years you're not as confident you mm-hmm. don't know how the actor is going to react but now i don't i don't feel those jitters anymore you know okay. i'm pretty sure and confident about what will work on yeah. a person so i don't take too many options and i don't get into that space and you know also i realized what happens is a lot of stylists take designers and their time for granted you know you're mm. just calling for all of these looks that you know you want to show ki acha maine pura rack bhar bhar ke sourcing kiya hai tumhare liye and all but the point is you're disrespecting the designers when you know ki this look is not going to work or mm. you know why have i called for this it's not appropriate for this occasion or this artist but i still just called for it but despite all of this prep and the hard work that goes into it sometimes you know a look when it goes out into the world still gets criticized hmm. how do you deal with something like that you know i feel like i've heard actors say this a lot about like their work also hmm. um but after you've done all of this work and you've dressed up your client for me the only thing that matters is that i see that glint of satisfaction in my client's eyes so yeah. if i'm dressing let's say an actress who's going to a red carpet if once she's fully dressed and we're doing the pre event pictures which have now become a thing yeah. uh it's a good thing but yeah so when we're shooting them and they're feeling the outfit you know they know they they're feeling the sexiest best or the glamorous best for me that's where i kind of then check out i'm like you know what job done right she's happy she's looking fantastic we're both very happy um send her off in her car have a great time at the carpet see ya you know like for me that's where i check out then of course like you know out of boredom i look at instagram and you see all of the pap accounts and you see all of the media coverage that looks good yeah. but i i stopped reading comments too seriously or like you know sitting and reading what everybody says about something because yeah. you know it's fashion and art is subjective like exactly. somebody's going to love it somebody's going to hate it i don't get to involved or engaged in yeah, commentary I, you know i also feel like your coping mechanism is you know your sense of humor denial <laughs> <laughs> well yeah you're probably right yeah sense right? of humor i think so for What's, me if you can laugh at it then yeah. you're over the traumatic part yeah. of a problem then you can probably think more solution oriented because now you're able to like see it objectively you know yeah is that how you feel like you've managed to stay you know alive man- alive but also <laughs> like you know have a very clear sense of personality and bring that into your work 
Mm, I've never given it so much thought mm. because I've always kind of been like a bit goofy and silly since I was a little child. I always enjoyed being the jester. You know, even in my peer group, I was always the one with the jokes and the pranks and the gags and something about just making people laugh. I feel was just very fulfilling for me. I'm like, if you can put a smile on people's face and you can spark joy in them, um, that's that's a nice thing to do. You know, and I find yeah. that even on Instagram and with the kind of work that I do, I I like to have a little bit of joyfulness. I like to have uplifting moods to pictures I'm making or content I'm doing or whatever it may be, um, because we're just especially after the pandemic, we're just constantly flooded with all kinds of information. A lot of it is negative. A lot of people have takes, you know, and opinions now, and they want to be aggressive about it and yeah. they want to yell at you. You know, even the good stuff they want to lecture you about. Yeah. You know, so I just found all of that very tedious, and you know, lecturing is very overbearing. None of us take well to being yelled at or Ever. being like you know bombarded and bludgeoned with yeah. opinions so I was like you know just make it enjoyable make it fun you know like if, if people like if you can present art in a way where you get people to engage and you know have a good time yeah. um, your message also drives home easier I feel you know yeah. so yeah probably subconsciously like in what I do the mirth and the joy you know that has to be a part of it perhaps you know yeah. um, you said earlier on you check out as soon as you see the actor you're dressing feeling themselves you know mm. or um, and that you always used to be the jester and like you like to bring that joy to people mm. um, would you say that as a stylist you feel appreciated or do you reckon that it can be a little bit lonely sometimes Oh my gosh. It's <laughs> a full um, semi question. It is a full rendezvous with Surbi. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like it is definitely when you work as a freelance stylist, mm. um, you can't do your job in isolation. Yeah. There is this this assumption that, of course, we shoulder the responsibility, you know, once you're credited and tagged for a look. If it works, great, you know, yeah. good job. If it doesn't work, stylist sucks, you know. So you take the responsibility eventually. But I couldn't do my job without the battery of... Uh, hardworking individuals who work with me whether yeah. it is my team of assistants whether it is my dress man whether it is the designers that I'm sourcing from the PR people facilitating my sourcing yeah. requests um, it's just too many people come together to help me do my job yeah. um, so I don't ever see myself as working in isolation I try to make sure that everyone is taking you know that by nature be, this is the, that's the job I think so you know and how will our industry grow if everybody is not growing together you know even when it comes to like I feel honestly I don't know maybe you feel this way too but I don't see a lot of us stylists competing necessarily with each other or trying to up one up each other because there is enough work for all of us exactly and yeah. everybody's kind of you know we also end up supporting each other a lot more because we don't have a union or we don't have like charge itna karna tumko or production ke ye terms and conditions we don't have those like contracts in place so there's no template none whatsoever yeah. so we lean on each other like I will always yeah. call up my contemporary stylist buddies to be like hey what do you think is a fair price to quote for this yeah. or if you're doing social media posts for example example you swap notes to be like hey what is the budget that you're charging you know we're very frank and honest about these conversations because yeah. who else is going to help us out if not each other you know yeah and you know there's so many things that you can't figure out no matter how many years you've worked in the industry mm, like for sure in terms of an advice that you would like to give somebody who's just about starting out something that you wish somebody told you mm. what's that one thing Wow, just one. Um, I know, just one. Just one. I would say be wise about the 
economics mm-hmm. of your choices you know yeah. what i mean because it is a job where there is absolutely no guarantee when you will break even how soon you will start making enough of a profit um and the first couple of years if you're especially if you're assisting you're not necessarily going to be able to afford bombay rents you know yes. the pay structures aren't so generous um and the pay, the work is not as regular you don't know where your next check is coming from so ideally approach it with some kind of a financial backing you know whether yeah. it's family paying or whether you're trying to make it in a big city living with flatmates however you choose to do it the first couple of years aren't necessarily going you're not going to be flush with wealth yeah. you know in fact a lot of things that i do till date in my career are things that i'm funneling money into but i'm doing for my own growth professionally huh. like i said with editorials for yes. example i'm not making a profit there but i'm getting to build work towards my portfolio i'm getting to work with a good set of quality artists whether it is the actor or the photographer or the kind of hair makeup artist etc um and that's an investment towards my career mm-hmm. uh, but till date i'm not making pots of money on that but i'm still doing it you know yeah. um so just be clever about your finances don't enter in blind and be naive about you know oh i'm going to make six figure salaries and i'm going to be traveling the world and sitting front row and hanging with celebs doesn't happen for everyone and yeah. even if it does it doesn't happen overnight you know yeah. so be smart with money that's a really good one you can't be a baby about your finances no no um, don't be like me and learn how to deposit a check in college ideally you know yes Okay, so we move on into the next segment, which is all about uh, homegrown labels. I'm gonna throw a few situations at you, and you have to name your go-to homegrown brands in those categories. What are your favorite resort or swim labels? You know, there's um, it's a very exciting space right now with a lot of yeah. Indian brands also getting into like mm-hmm. resort and swim. Finally, yeah, I think so. And um, in fact, just the other day, there was this lovely new label. Uh, I got a I, I got sent a lookbook, and I've tried on a pair of their trunks. It's called Ray and I, and some very cool. Like they had this like Afghan young teenage artist who sort of you know dr- designed the prints and drawn the patterns, and now they've put that onto the swimwear. And there's a nice story there. There's like cool people they're roping in to work with their brand. so this re and i was one cool label mm-hmm. another one i saw uh, which is south based is called coco palm they do some very cool also very nice yeah swimwear yeah. um of course we have brands like shivana naresh and you know nidhi munim and a lot of swim swimwear labels who've been doing who've been on the scene so yeah. you know they're doing lovely work to veranda i think she's really cool um for me of course personally i buy from a few select indian designers for what i think is resort wear um like savio john is one of my favorites you know i think and the jeans you're wearing yeah right like so savio good. is just you know i can live in his clothes i can yeah. go to a party in them i can spend a day at the beach in them he just has such a lovely variety um so savio is wonderful i love pero i make it to every sale without fail oh you know beautiful pero yeah. does such lovely clothes then uh, urvashi kaur i really like uh, some of her summer uh, yeah. basics also so yeah i feel like these are some of my go to labels mm-hmm. few but you know who would you dress tabu in oh we've done so many I wonderful know. brands but Love. you know tabu has really um she's got such a fantastic sense of self like yes. she's very self aware yeah. um she's so confident and at the same time very curious i i find every time i'm like working with her i learn something you know not just about the job because she obviously understands all aspects of you know filmmaking and photo shoots and she knows what, what's up you know yeah. um so in that sense i pick up a lot of knowledge from her but also with fashion mm-hmm. um she truly kind of embodies the whole 
I need to be comfortable while being stylish. There is no like the, for her. There is absolutely no discussion that she would put on something that's fussy just for how it looks. Yeah. You know. Um. And again, very very keen eye for textile. Very mm. keen eye for quality and finish. Yeah. Uh, because over the thirty years that she's been a working actor, she's won. Every designer in the country, you know, from the big couturiers to the younger labels, she's won everything, and she has this fantastic um, and very normal tendency to buy the clothes she wears, which you don't see with a lot of actors today. They expect free clothes that they wear and return, and you know. But with Tabu, I greatly respect the fact that if she likes something, she wants to invest in it. If she believes in a brand, she wants it to be part of her wardrobe. Um, so yeah, we've done, you know, from the. Old school, you know, we've done everything from shimmery Manish Malhotra sarees to you know Abu Sandeep sort of craftsmanship. We've also done younger brands like Bodice on her. We've done Lovebirds. Um, so it's been a wonderful mix because I just feel like she's also so beautiful. You know, she's just she's aging so beautifully. She carries herself with so much dignity. Yeah. Um. So she's like a forever muse for me. I'm yeah. like you know whatever you wear, you just have this carriage and this personality and. She you just know? comes across as so nonchalant. Like, yeah. yeah you know, just... not fast and efforted like yeah. you think actresses would typically be. She's just so comfortable in her own skin. Yeah. Um, and that's very inspiring for me. Like, tum kaftan de do ya tum red carpet gown de do, she's still as cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your go-to bags and shoe labels? Oh, there's another, um, some exciting name. So with bags, yeah. um, I usually like to buy practical bags. Yeah. You know? So I'll have like my day sling bag, which will fit just about what I need to move around the day with. So in that space, I've seen a lot of cool brands. Like there is uh, Tanned, Tanned mm-hmm. Official. I've seen some very cool bags. There's Chamar Studio, which, you know, also makes some cool stuff. Then uh, Bodice's Sister Kanika Sajdev, if I'm not wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a brand called Square Loop that does some really beautiful leather bags. Napadori also does some nice yeah. stuff. And then even in that sort of high streety space, I really love Mokobara. You know, I love their little boxy slings and their backpacks and their little trolleys with inbuilt portable charging points. And so the functionality aspect for me is high, you know, in all of these brands and all of these bags. Yeah. With shoes, I love DMO Dot. You know, I'm wearing their loafers right now also. And yeah, they're very comfortable. They're well-crafted and super well-priced, you know. Um, Is that leather? This is leather, yeah. It genuine looks really leather. Nice. And like for me, that that becomes important, you know, the comfort and the craftsmanship. I yeah. think... Um, so DMO is a good label. SKO does some nice shoes. Aprajita Tour, if you're mm-hmm. looking for like sandals and Indian style footwear, Needle Dust Man yeah. uh, does some really nice juttis. Um, so yeah, I feel we have we have a lot of exciting brands in the accessory space right now. What's your go-to jewelry brand? Jewelry, you asked yes. me. Um, so I recently started wearing a lot of Misho Man, mm-hmm. and I think her quality and you know the timelessness of the design is is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a very cute store in Goa called Rangila that has a fantastic oh God, curation, know. right? So nice. Very cool jewelry. Yeah. You know, I, I see a lot of brands through the work I do because I'm constantly sourcing, yeah. right? So out of brands that I've sourced, I've yet to wear the wear the pieces myself, but I love what Shop Loon does in the Precious space, of course, there's, you know, Sheetal Zaveri, if you've seen her pieces, she does like silver with precious stones uh, and that's her style. Okay. It's folksy, but it's also quite luxe, you know. Mm-hmm. Suhani Pitti, I mm. love Suhani's designs. I think so she's wonderful. She's I miss Ina Aluwalia's yeah. work, you know, she used to make such beautiful things too. 
Um, so yeah, I feel like jewelry. I mean, India is a gold mine. We've got yeah. some of the best design work happening in jewelry. So yeah. So you know, in the conversation that we've just had, where I've asked you for your favorite brands, there's a few names that have come up across a lot of my interviews mm. recently, like Very Misho, Misho, mm. um, Shamar, Napadori. Mm. Uh, what do you think it is that these brands are doing that sets them apart? uh first and foremost i think is product yeah. you know they've got their product offering bang on mm-hmm. you know the quality is right the price is right you know in all likelihood at least the brands we've just named their manufacturing processes are sustainable and respectful you know they're paying people fair wages like the whole brand story it just kind of aligns perfectly you know yeah. um of course there is also the marketing aspect of it and you know how they've probably you know spoken to the right kind of customer they've captured the right kind of you know fan base and audience are the right kind of celebrities and opinion leaders are wearing their stuff so i just feel like it's a mix it's product as well as marketing you know they're probably getting that combination right yeah what is exciting to you about the future of homegrown labels mm. especially like the type that you have named that are quite like up and coming yeah and appeal to a younger audience um i do feel like because india like for example if we had to let's link this to the recent dior show that happened in india and the fact that this you know huge luxury fashion house from france is acknowledging their indian manufacturers and giving them the same importance and the same kind of platform right yeah. um and for me the same weekend our nmacc red carpet weekend happened where we've curated a fashion exhibition and like as good as anything you'll see in the world so all of this for me is is very telling of the zeit guys that this is the time for indian fashion and for indian design you know it's yeah. our time the world is noticing people are looking to us now and appreciating us for our craftsmanship for years we've always been that sort of silent behind the scenes carigars who are making for luxury brands and you know we don't really get the credit neither are are people wearing the clothes neither are we talking about it you know in the context of what we bring to the table it was always aspirational luxury brands foreign fashion london paris milan you know it was always that yeah. and now i think everyone's kind of over that narrative because we're like there's a billion plus of us we have all of the fashion talent here from yeah. fabrics to you know craftsmanship to even tailoring stylists now yeah we have a brilliant ecosystem and some fantastic talents here so i've always been of that you know mental makeup where i'm like there's enough for me to dabble with and play around with in my own home country with the design talent that that's here mm-hmm. you know very often you'll see a lot of stylists sourcing from obscure international brands and you'll see a lot of these middle eastern labels who i mean no offense to anyone but there's nothing inventive there or there's nothing crafty for me there you know and you're just spending so much money on couriers you're just spending a bunch like, on customs all of and those couriers instagram stories about like hey is anybody coming down from london oh my god really i'm New like York. why do you know, you know we have such good brands here like for me i've yeah. never run out of options here you know me neither yeah and i just feel like also we're just such a hard working bunch even our designers they've made looks happen for me overnight they've yeah. done all night alterations to make sure a actor has fitted into a dress yeah. there's just such a strong work ethic also here you know yeah. so i'm like the future is only up and forward and you know a lot of corporates are investing in designers now whether yeah. it is big couturiers like manish and tarun and you know sabya who are giving stakes to big corporates it only shows that even corporate has the faith to invest in our yeah. fashion brands now you know yeah. and with that investment will 
will come more opportunities and more of a push for ideas to grow and you know jobs to be created and it's it's very exciting i think it's only upwards and yeah. forwards you know yeah so um we were just talking about how you know recently we've had a lot of interest in india and all of the eyes seem to be on our craftsmanship and we're finally at the forefront dior brought to the forefront the craftsmanship and their manufacturing um units in india is there anything that you've seen recently in terms of a collaboration internationally that you've really resonated with collaborations honestly for me i the collaborations that i notice the most are when design houses tie up with high street brands because i feel like that's a great way to sort of bring a design aesthetic to a larger audience also mm-hmm. and for me uniqlo has been one such high street brand that over the years i've kind of you know been a consumer of and i really love what they do how they do it yeah. and unlike a lot of other fast fashion brands i do think that their practices and their design processes are a yeah. bit more mindful and you know uh, sustainable in comparison yeah. um so for me the last one that really kind of caught my fancy was i think the marni collaboration that uniqlo did because i love marni the summer and or the winter both i've bought stuff from both i ended up like emptying the sale rack also uh, both times so for me i think that was like a cute combination it brought like marni's prints but with a more wearable uniqlo aesthetic to it all I'm also quite excited about the Mugler and H&M collab. Yeah. yeah. Um I think they do such sexy clothes it'll be fun to see how they've adapted it mm-hmm. to a high street market you know. So yeah. Are there two brands on your wish list that you wish would collaborate? Loewe. I have been wanting to see something to do with Loewe that I can afford thoughtlessly, you know. Mm-hmm. I would love if they did something and yeah perhaps tie up with an like a Indian couturier. I think that could be an exciting thing to see how that sort of minimalism but our maximalism and how they can sort of marry the languages, you know, into creating products. I think it could be exciting and not in the cliche way ki Rajesh Pratap and Loewe. I mean wow, yeah, that could be a, a cool idea. Yeah, make it happen, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, please make it happen, Rajesh. Yeah. And now we're going to move on into the next segment, which is an AMA, which includes questions from the Blur the Border team. For an aspiring stylist, someone looking to learn about the industry, what what resources would you recommend? Um so I'm I'm very old school mm-hmm. I think the way I was trained when I started was to work with a stylist who you know whose work you look up to or whose body of work you think that oh I could be a part of this or kind of grow in that direction yeah um so I think it's important to sort of keep your eyes and ears open and land on those stylists for you who speak to you whose mm-hmm. work speaks to you um and start by assisting because i honestly i feel like there are so many of these fashion schools now who have these like four year degrees for styling and i'm like char saal tum classroom mein baith ke kya padha sakte ho about yeah. styling i don't i don't get it maybe yeah. because i never studied fashion i studied advertising and then jumped into you know working which was fine for me i learned everything i had to on, on the, the job, job um from the procedural and the administrative parts of the job to also different approaches you know to the creative aspects of it i learned everything by doing you know so i feel that that assisting an apprenticeship phase is very very important mm-hmm. also to kind of break you into the culture of work here you know you may learn something in a classroom but when you actually come to a photo shoot or a video shoot in 
Bombay's Mehboob Studio and you have to deal with the ecosystems there and the kind of people that you encounter on set. No classroom is ever going to prepare you for how to deal with an advertising set. Let's say you've got to be on that set. You've got to see how departments coordinate and operate and interact. Um, so assisting somebody you respect and whose work you look up to, I think that's step one. From there, then you kind of, you know, if you're smart and if you work hard and you keep your eyes and ears open, mm-hmm. so you'll find your path here. There's not much gyan to be given after that. You need to be sharp and work hard, you know. Okay. The second question is, how do you see the styling industry evolving in the future? And what trends do you predict for the next few years? I think we're all going to be redundant because AI will be styling and doing hair and makeup and everything. You know, I mean, now actors also don't have to go to set. Body double scene karega or post-production mein actor ki shakal chaap dete. It's all, it's like we're living black mirror, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I do, I mean, jokes aside, I do feel like there are certain arts, like even makeup, you're literally painting a face. A computer can't do that for us. You know what I mean? So even with fashion, I think your ideas are going to be everything. You know, because everybody has access, you know, to great clothes and everybody can buy beautiful things and put cute outfits together. But where... I think you can sort of be a pioneer is if you have progressive ideas, if you're willing to take risks and tell stories or talk to your truth more than the next person. You know, I feel like that innovation in your ideas, I think that is where the future is. So you've got to have a point of view and you've got to be, you know, gutsy enough to express it. Like whether it's popular or unpopular. I mean, if you look at Urfi Javid, there is a reason why that girl is so popular and why her content gets traction. There'll be enough detractors there'll be enough people who'll put it down and judge it and be condescending about what she does but there are also enough people who are excited by it and want to sort of play with her fashion as well big designers are signing up for it now whether it's an Abu Sandeep or a Shantanu Nikhil or a Gaurav Gupta she's landing magazine covers the the case study here for me is that point of view she's a disruptor you know for what it's worth she's a disruptor she's taking a risk she's it takes guts you know to be a woman in India and to do what she's doing it's not easy you know why does she have to put herself through that but she's she wants to be a disruptor she wants to have her point of view and she wants to speak it out loud so i think do that you know what i mean Mm. be a disruptor i think see where that takes you that's a very dangerous advice to give out i feel yeah yeah why what do you think would go what's the worst case scenario everybody becomes a disruptor and then like it's like you know how everyone's an influencer so who's being influenced correct so if everyone's a disruptor Mm. Who's actually disrupting? I feel like, you know, the the ones with actual talent or an actual voice, that'll persist. I have to believe that, you know, because otherwise, what are we doing here? You know, I truly believe like eventually people who are, you know, inauthentic or are just doing it to like jump onto a trend or flash in the pan, you know, capitalize. Yeah. I feel that fizzles out. Only people who have an actual voice and can evolve and like I said innovate you know technology will come and go you know we've seen days where Hi-Fi and Orkut and then Facebook and then TikTok and now Instagram so tech will keep changing but what's your talent and how do you adapt it to that tech that is what will determine how far you'll go I feel you know so if makeup is your thing if fashion is your thing if dance is your thing whatever is your thing you've got to work on your craft and then of course you use these apps to put your message out there or share your art with the world but the app can't be a career you know just putting up things you know 
that feel cute on Instagram, that for me is not a valid career. That's it's cute. It can even make you lots of money, as we see. But ये लंबा नहीं चलेगा. You know, people will get bored of you, and you'll only get bored. I feel. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite Asha ji song? Are we talking about the legendary songstress? Asha Bhosle ji obviously who oh, else okay. there is no other absolutely she is the original she sure. is the og babe asha ji has genuinely been a muse for me I like know she i has. can't even tell you like all of the songs that she sung um, you know with rd burman and i think that era of bollywood music <laughs> bappi and rd i you know as an adult now when i was a child my father would of course play it and at that point it just seemed like camp and kitschy and yeah. like i was like oh shiny clothes and people doing weird pelvic thrusts ha you know how cute <laughs> but today when i'm listening to that music and i'm just seeing the production of it of course analyzing it like a nerd um it's very relevant still you know the some of the sounds and yeah. the kind of you know the beats that they caught and you know it it's just still so relevant and there's always a 70s bollywood soundtrack to things that i do i have it on my playlist when i go for a run you have to my send me car, this i will send it to you. oh my god like i did a entire shoot for harper's bazaar once where the entire team was filmy we were all very filmy people mitesh who was on makeup me styling all of these young models who loved bollywood and through the day we were just playing 70s retro bollywood songs mm-hmm. and that kind of just naturally became the mood like the models were dancing in the pictures it just kind of translated you know very naturally yeah, yeah. um so i owe a lot to ashatai and latatai i genuinely am like a fan you know i think they they're fantastic is that Icons. the one celestial body in the sky that you'd love to style but haven't yet ooh um no yeah i feel like what is meant to be is meant to be like i've gotten to style a lot of like cool women, women who i yeah. wanted to work with yeah. already you know so i think i'm doing okay you know thank you divyak that was that's a wrap on our episode it's a pleasure treasure this has been fun time just flew i didn't even realize this was fun thank you <laughs> thank you Thank you so much for listening to my conversation with Divyak. I hope you've enjoyed it. And if you've been listening to our previous episodes, then you know the drill. Follow this show if you're not following it already. We have a lot more in store for you, so stay updated. We'll be back next week. Until then, I'm your host Sarpesh Shukla. Bye.